crap. You should be thankful that Brock Lesnar came down last night because he's the only reason you still have that Universal Championship. And it's the second time he screwed me out of an opportunity. There will not be a third. So if anybody's gonna get their hands on Brock Lesnar, it's me. And then when I'm finished with him, I'm coming for you. No one is more upset about what happened during your match than me. I've been on the phone all morning and all afternoon with Stephanie McMahon trying to come up with a solution to the problem. On Friday, November 2nd in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, in an event called WWE Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns, you will defend your Universal Championship against Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match. I think that sucks. I think you suck. I definitely think you suck. This whole situation sucks. And a matter of fact, everybody in this entire arena sucks. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, and oh boy, have we made a mess online this week. (laughs) That's true. It is the crown jewel of wrestling (laughs) podcasts. But of course, my co-host is the janitor, Josh Custodio. Justin, let's just dive right into it because I feel like we can't divorce our show's identity now from being, uh, you know, Chase Owens, Bullet Club member, uh, Battle Royal competitor in New Japan. Uh, it's his favorite podcast. Would you say that's safe to say? Uh, I mean, I think he hates the podcast. Yeah, the exact opposite is true. You're right. I was utterly wrong. <laughs> he hates us. Yeah, you were way off there. Completely incorrect. I'm sorry that I dragged you into this. <laughs> don't be. I don't give a shit. No? What do I care about Chase Owens? I guess it's fun that we're in a real live feud with an actual Bullet Club member. Uh, I I think... Well, okay. We'll give all the context. I just want to say your apology could not be less needed. Okay. Not only do I not care what Chase Owens thinks of the show, or really any wrestler. Like I, I think the sanctity of the show is that we feel like we can be funny, and yeah, this yeah. is undeniably funny. Oh, this is very funny, for sure. Yeah, very much so. So how would you describe this past week for... Uh, Oh, and if this is your first time listening, we are, of course, Top Marks, a wrestling podcast where every week Justin and I describe the... One, two, three! Biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? A maximum of 15 minutes. Exactly right, my friend. But before we get into the rounds, before I even tell you what the rounds are, I feel like we must address this Chase Owens situation. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was leaving work on Friday night. It was probably around like one in the morning. Yes. And I was thinking to myself... Uh, you know, what what's what would be a funny thing that I could do on the Twitter? Some to sort try of and try and drive interest in in maybe the Top Marks Twitter yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when you have that brainstorm. Cuz yeah, I mean, you you usually run the Top Marks Twitter. I I don't I don't post on there a whole heck of a lot. What would you say the percentage is? Maybe like 70, 70 30? 30 yeah. is what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. great hashtag good friend synchronization <laughs> there. So, I hopped on there on Friday night at like 1 a.m. and I wrote this. Everyone even tweeters needs a unique hook, mm-hmm. a gimmick, if you will. Me, I think I'm going to become a dedicated Chase Owens fan 
who keeps you up to date on the weekly goings-on of my man Chase Owens. Yeah. Seems like a vacant niche. I don't think Chase Owens even loves Chase Owens. Okay, so let's stop here. So I so think it gets a little mean at the end. But I think you were trying to be nice, in yeah. s- like or at least joking around. Yeah, right? I'm I'm just having fun. That's right. I followed it up with a reply that says, in quotes, Chase Owens is the best member of Bullet Club. Now I think it's very important to. to and then I, I said after that, just a little taste of the new tweets I'm going to be doing. We have to address because this story makes little sense without it. Mm-hmm. Justin is not. Tagging Chase Owens in these tweets, he's just typing out the name Chase Owens. Yeah, and this is all this is all based on the fact that I went on a uh, a run to the Pro Wrestling Tees store when I was in Chicago. That's right. I dropped about three hundred dollars there, and this was the Tuesday after All In. Their supply had been ravaged, like locusts. Yes, like a plague had come through <laughs> that store and just destroyed the stock of almost every T-shirt. Save for one. Whose? There was one shirt that you could find in any size you wanted, and that was the Crown Jewel <laughs> Bullet Club shirt. Yeah. And I and I felt bad for Chase a yes. little bit. Because I, I do like Chase Owens. This is what's so funny about this situation, yeah. Justin, is that I feel like Chase Owens is mad at you and not me. Mm-hmm. But you've been on this show and defended Chase Owens. I've as like, said that Chase Owens is good in matches that I've seen him in. Certainly recently I, with yeah, the... the we, we had that six-man tag match where it was Cody and the Bucks versus the Golden Lovers and Chase Owens. And I think I had said that I thought he was the clear weak link. And you actually maybe correctly called me out on it thought that he was good I in the match. I said he carried a lot of that match yeah. because so much of the drama of that match was not giving us... Cody versus Coda, right. or Cody versus Kenny, or the Bucks versus either of them. That's right. Because it, like, eventually, uh, essentially, Chase played like babyface in peril for most of that match and had to be in the ring for a lot of it. And I was super into the drama of getting to that hot tag. And if I'm invested emotionally in that match, then I have no one to thank. <laughs> I guess that's true. But my man Chase Owens, who I actually think is pretty good, and like. He does the package pile driver. I'm a big fan of the package pile Just driver. Just like his brother Kevin Owens does, exactly. which is incredible. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, I do actually like him. And I was like thinking to myself about that t-shirt supply thing as I was going home. And it's sad because it just means that nobody wants to buy the Chase Owens t-shirt. Sure. That there was thousands, <laughs> tens of thousands of pro wrestling fans that rolled through Chicago yeah. and not one of them wanted to buy a Chase Owens t-shirt. I mean... And maybe... Look, I said, coming out of all this, I was going to take the gimmick so far that I would go out and buy a Crown Jewel Bullet Club t-shirt, even though I already have like five Bullet Club t-shirts. Right. Yeah, you're wearing one right now. I am. Young Bucks. A great shirt. I yeah, like that. thank you very much. But So this is where I'm coming from when I start out with this. That was, and now, yeah. like I said, I said I don't think Chase Owens even loves Chase Owens. That's kind of mean. But in a fu- I'm having fun. I, I feel think, like within, I think the spirit of the tweet is obviously that I'm having fun. That's what I mean. And within the context, I don't even feel like it's that mean. You're saying that like people don't care about Chase Owens, but you do, and you're gonna like tongue in cheekly, but you are gonna try and you know use your small voice to give him a little bit of signal boost. Exactly. Now I am <laughs> treated to a tweet that morning. Uh, that's <laughs> it's from at real Chase Owens. <laughs> that's from at real Chase Owens, who is not verified, by the way, which I think is perfect. Yeah, this, this whole thing is. <laughs> and he says, "Oh, I love me a whole whole lot." Winky face. Yes. Okay. So this is our first exchange, our brush with uh, the bottom rung of Bullet Club. Yeah, and I don't know how to respond to him yeah. other than 
I mean, I have his attention, so I just said, Chase Owens, come on top marks. Let's yeah. sort this out. Yeah. Then I genuinely do want to sort this out because I do feel like he is coming away from this thinking that I don't like him. Right, and he's wrong. When I do like him. It's me who doesn't exactly. like him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so a bunch of other people jump in and say, oh, I've been a fan of his since his first NWA World Junior title reign. Or, Not true. I can assure you Chase Owens loves Chase Owens a whole lot. Fully or, lying. Um, our buddy the Zoobs said that my new idea was the crown jewel of wrestling podcast <laughs> gimmicks, which I appreciate very much. Love the Zoobs. But yeah, like I am trying to uh, clear the air. The yeah. last thing I want out of all this is for a name-searching Chase Owens <laughs> to come across my posts and think that I don't like Chase Owens. I have terrible news for you. So Chase Owens update number one. Chase name searches on Twitter.com to deliver Chase Owens. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. And then I figured that's probably going to be it. Right. And then... Uh-oh. And then WWE announces their new Saudi Arabia show on Crown Monday Jewel. night. Crown Jewel mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Where, yeah. where have we heard those words before? It is Chase Owens' nickname. Of course. Now, did you, let's let's treat this seriously for a second. Do you feel like he has some... Can he be frustrated about that? Yeah, probably. I but I, he also tweeted out that, like, stop sending me the news. I've seen it already. Yeah, I've seen the news. And I saw that tweet before I'd seen the announcement. I was oh, like, okay. oh, I wonder what Chase Owens is. What news? Yeah. Right. And I found it, and I was like, okay, I got to do a joke about this. So what was the update? Chase Owens update number two. At WWE Crown Jewel, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman will compete for the right to face Chase Owens. <laughs> Chase will not a- attend because he finds the Saudi shows unethical. <laughs> And that's it. I was just going to leave it at that. Right. Uh, but, of course, you jumped in in the replies <laughs> to say, we'll be very interesting to see how Chase responds to this. Very telling, in fact. His silence is deafening. <laughs> and see, I don't think I ever actually angered Chase Owens. Okay. I think Chase is very upset with Doug Crap. Uh-oh. You're calling out at Lorenzo Meow. Because Doug hops in and says, give it time. Chase Owens will respond. He is just so busy and popular that he can't respond right away. That's nice of him. That's a sarcastic dig. That's meaner than what I said. Do you think so? I think so. Uh, Throughout this entire experience of just like, and I haven't responded to too much. I haven't done anything from Top Marks. Mm. I just tuned into the feed. I'm just going to say this. I don't feel like Chase Owens is the best judge of when someone is joking or not. So I feel like he might just take all of these on their face. And if that's true, I feel like he's mad at everything. That's probably true. That's just my sense of like watching him but, respond. But Chase does respond to Doug here and <laughs> says, I'm responding by not letting it bother me. And I don't, okay, and I don't understand. What, what's not, what isn't bothering him? That I said he's skipping the Saudi show because he finds it unethical? Oh, well, to give a little context, I did go onto his stream. Well, hang on. We're, oh, not, okay, we're sure. not ready for okay. that yet. I was just going to answer the Cause, question. Because he says, I'm, I'm responding by not letting it bother me. Yeah. And again, I'm thinking exactly what I thought on Saturday morning. I've got his attention. Let's get him on the show. Let's talk about it. Let's hash it out. Because I have nice things to say. Yeah. I'm sure if he spoke to me. We we would not have a feud going on right now. I think now. that's probably true. Uh, so I said, and I again, this is now. I'm now. I'm thinking. Okay, maybe he doesn't want to do the show. Maybe he'll never do the show. But at least I can tell him in a tweet that this is all a misunderstanding. This is, we're just playing around. Yeah, I said, Chase. Let it be known that I actually really do like you, and I'm just doing a bit. 
Also, once again, extending the invitation for an interview on Top Marks so you can put me in my place. I am telling him that he can come on and tell me that the real idiot is me, if right. that's how he feels. Right. Which I don't think is how he would feel if he heard me out. Um, and he responded with, that's not a way to go about it, and no, I will not come on there to, quote, put you in your place. <laughs> Which Rob Russo responded to with, Chase, go on top, Marks. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Uh, but, then he, but then it continued yesterday. Yes. Because what we didn't know... Is that Chase Owens has uh, a streams, stream? Yeah, he streams PUBG, the the he, video game. Yeah, he has a Twitch stream where yeah. he plays video games online, and people will tune in to watch the Crown Jewel uh, play some shooters. It seems to me that when I tuned in yesterday, the only people watching were our listeners who were just flagrantly insulting him and asking really <laughs> dumb questions. See, this is not helping our <laughs> cause to get Chase Owens on the show. Oh, it is. I fully encourage this. To be clear, here, just he, watching his stream, and it'd be like. I'm not going on that damn top marks. You know, I, I can't get enough. You know what? We call it in the business when we're trying to book a guest. What's that? We're chasing them. Is that right? So in this case, we are literally chasing Owens. This is incredible. Hang yeah. on a second. I feel like this has to be an ongoing bit for us. I mean, I, absolutely. This We are currently chasing, chasing Owens. Owens. And I think by year's end, by December 31st, I'm going to say Chase Owens comes on top marks. Justin. I hope so. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I, I know it seems far away right now because he loathes us, but we saw Danger Boy tweet us and say he was blocked. Doug Crap, Scoots Brodo. Like, these are people getting blocked by him. You know who he hasn't blocked, Justin? Uh, the Top Marks account? You, me, or Top Marks. Yeah. I mean, I haven't tweeted at him yet. And in the tweets that I have written about him, I've been sure not to write his name. Right. Because I learned that lesson already. <laughs> You're doing like the misspelling. You put a three where the E is. Or I just put like a star uh, where the A is and then again where the E is. Yeah. <laughs> like just, yeah. Bla- block out the vowels so he can't name search himself. But, you know, no, I do like him. I feel like this is an unfortunate scenario. Not for me. I think it's so uh, funny. But the fact is, yeah, he said some real mean things about <laughs> us on the web stream. And I also feel like you said he said on the web stream... <laughs> That, he sure did. that I had like insulted him about Saudi Arabia. He, that he utterly misunderstood your Saudi Arabia tweet. He, uh, from what I gathered from it, and again, these streams are kind of tricky because he's on headset with people that he's playing PUBG with, mm-hmm. and then kind of responding to the chat. Yeah. So, but the sense I got because he did address it was basically that he thought you were saying that he was aligned with like Saudi Arabia. I said the exact opposite of this that. This is what I'm saying about Chase Owens, bud. <laughs> like I'm not and then he like he was like this guy's like insulting me and then he tries to suck up to me and say I can put him in his place. I'm not going to do that. I've never insulted him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Chase Owens gets that. But Doug did probably. Well, I don't and know. Doug was also in the chat lobbying to get him on the show. <laughs> and, and and Doug's doing us no favors here. Doug, I, Doug said <laughs> this is word for word. He said, you know, uh, Top Marks has had plenty of great guests on in the past. You should definitely do it. Such high profile guests as Scoots Brodo. Oh, my Lord. And I don't know if Chase responded to it, but certainly somebody in the chat named Bullet Club Nikki said, <laughs> who cares about Scoots Brodo? Which is the official maybe slogan of Top Marks now. Yeah. <laughs> Top Marks. Who cares about Scoots Brodo? We're, we are chasing Owens. And who cares about Scoots Absolutely. Brodo? Now, listen. Oh, yeah. I guess that's, yeah, top marks. Who cares about Chase Brodo? Uh, Scoots, Scoots Brodo. Brodo. Uh, yeah. That's, and it's not derivative. It's describing us. We are the top marks. 
who care exactly about Scoots Because we do care very much about Scoots Proto here at Tom Marks. We apologize for the most inside baseball opening to no, the show look, ever, but this needed addressing. You don't get into a feud with a member of Bullet Club every week. He's Certainly talking not. shit about me on his Twitch stream. <laughs> Life is crazy. 2018 is wild. So, man. Justin, I feel like we disagree on this where you're like, oh, some of our listeners are doing us. Nope. Did you, like, some of the comments, Danger Boy, these guys are putting into the. Oh, yeah, it's funny. I love I it. I think it's very funny. I'm all here for but, it. But you're furthering the divide. I'm trying to bridge this gap. I'm no. trying to bring Chase Owens and Top Marks together, and they are trying to just drive that wedge. What if I told you this? What if I think it does more? If the goal, and I don't think it is, but if the goal were to sort of raise our profile either by having chase on top marks or by having chase shit all over top marks on his stream mm-hmm. i think the latter probably gets us more traction that might be true like I, that, i'm just guessing but i, I think there? the latter is ultimately like more gratifying in the long term sure like, what am i gonna look back on when i'm <laughs> on my deathbed and feel good about it? it's that totally I, true that i had a member of bullet club on my show or that i was in an active feud with a member of bullet club that carried on for several months I as we- i imagine this will I, I don't see this feud stopping anytime, and uh, we will keep you updated on Chasing Owens. But to bring it back to the normal format, JMO, in round number one this week, we'll, of course, be reviewing the Raw side of uh, this past Sunday's Hell in a Cell event. Uh, without giving anything away, I think it was something that we both enjoyed. Yeah. Surpri- or at least we're surprised For by. the most part. Yeah. Uh, in round number two, I don't know. Do you want to do the SmackDown side of this, or do you want to do Matt Hardy and break it up? Oh, we'll, we'll put, do a little Matt Hardy intermission in the middle. So in round number two, Matt Hardy announcing his retirement, which we might take with a grain of salt as it is a wrestling retirement. But I think his is a career that's varied enough and bridges promotions that it's worth sort of uh, ruminating on. As he I think so, that. yeah. And then in round number three, we'll address what I have to think we both agree was the, the really strong side of Hell in a Cell, the blue brand SmackDown Live side of Hell in a Cell. Absolutely. We'll wrap that up with some listener questions. And I think that's it for this week, Jamo. How does that and sound that's to you? The go home. Uh, the last thing I'll mention here is that if you like the sounds of our voice, you can get more of it over at patreon.com slash topmarks. And we're launching a new initiative, Justin. And I know you're fired up about this, as am I. Justin, if you are a $5 or more Patreon donor from now until the foreseeable future, we're going to be starting a wrestling DM group on Twitter. So it'll be Justin and I and our other Patreon donors. You can put links. We'll discuss wrestling. It'll be a whole lot of fun. So if you go, if you want that, just tweet at Justin or I, at uh, Justin Morris at J0SHC, or of course at the show account, at Top Marks. And if you are a Patreon donor, we will add you to that DM group. Yeah, and you can coordinate your uh, attack plan on Chase Owens. <laughs> That's right. It's, it can be like the, the war room. Uh, anything else, Jamin, we need to get into before we dive into it? I don't think so. Well, with that, let's take the Pepsi plunge into round, round number one. <laughs> round one. Justin, this past Sunday, we were treated to uh, one of these WWE Network events. I I feel weird calling it a pay-per-view. I never know what to do here, but I suppose it is still our verbiage for it is that it was a pay-per-view, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess this is a pay-per-view and then like Super Showdown and and Crown Jewel. Those are network events. I I think that's the distinction, right? I think that's probably true. But even though like what? What? There's no real difference now. You there used to be a difference. You know, like it, when it, when they were still doing pay-per-views like on pay-per-view. That's right. And then it was like network exclusive special. Like Beast in the East and or, those ones. Or like uh, the um, uh, Elimination Chamber. That's where right. Where back won yep. the IC title. Fast lane. Or a roadblock. Yeah, roadblock. Yeah. So there we go. But this was, uh, well, whatever you want to call it, a true blue pay-per-view. And we're going to be talking about the, the Raw side of it. And why don't we start out with a match that I have to assume we both liked quite a bit as uh, Drew, <laughs> Drew Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre took on Seth 
uh, Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the Raw Tag Team titles. I really like this a lot. I have a very weird complaint about this match that I'm going to get to later, but I thought that the athleticism on display in this match was, I, I thought, at least between Dolph and Seth, cruiserweight worthy, like that level of speed. And to have the dynamic shift mid-match of Dean to Drew McIntyre isn't something that I saw coming necessarily, but that it went from very like athletic, fast-paced, and then like switching to a brawling style. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool, and it didn't feel like they had like slowed the match a ton. I thought it was like a cool mix of styles. You almost got two matches in one, which I feel like tag team wrestling is sort of obsessed with just like, not that musical chairs thing, but it's like very, and I love it, but the high velocity, high speed matches. And this sort of had two dynamics going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, this is what we talked about last week, though, in our preview, not to be like, we nailed it. Yeah. But we did talk about that Dolphin Drew have excellent chemistry. They, yep. Uh, uh, ra- sorry, Dolphin, Dolphin Seth, Seth yeah. have excellent chemistry. It's an up-tempo, athletic style. And then you can get that brawler action as well, which is sort of a similar dynamic to those the feud that we enjoyed so much between Seth and Dean and the bar. And the bar. That's total. How and, did I not piece that together? And it yeah. would be like Seth and Cesaro would have these amazingly athletic sequences, and then you get Sheamus and Dean in there to just, you know, brawl it up, shop, and have a big brawl. Yeah, I, I hadn't drawn that comparison in my mind, but I don't even know how. Like hearing you say that, that's totally what it is. And, and like you said, we both really liked that feud too. Would you believe this was the longest match on the card? I probably wouldn't have guessed that, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. It was... It by, by two seconds. Was that right? Only two seconds longer than the Orton-Jeff Hardy match. Oh, yeah. I Actually, I probably would have guessed that was the longest, and we will get to that match. J-Mo, I don't want to start, because I did like Hell in a Cell, and I don't want to start on a negative note. I did like this match, but I do need to get a couple things out here about this match, because sure. I, I do got to call it like I see it. Sure. Number one, I am a little done with watching Seth Rollins wrestle Dolph Ziggler. I, I feel like those two have sort of... And that it was great, but... I am done. I don't want to see that matchup again. And then two, and listen, far be it for me to lobby insults at Dean Ambrose's way. This guy's one of my favorite wrestlers on the main roster. I think the silent thing's awesome, the new look, all good. But he got a hot tag in that match that they were building to forever to get to him and McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And I thought his offense looked so not stiff. Like It's like Curtis Axel was out there. Like It was not a good hot tag at all. Like He came in, it was just like punches that looked light, a clothesline, and he finally at the end teased the Dirty Deeds and didn't get it, and the crowd popped for it. But like this felt like it should have been Dean's big return moment. Like I know he had the singles match with Dolph, but first pay-per-view match. And I thought he was good in the rest of the match, but in that hot tag, did did you notice this at all? I mean, this is kind of my issue with Dean Ambrose in general. I've always enjoyed his character stuff, and Mm -hmm. I think, like, his promos are are pretty good for the most part. When they're good, they're great, too, sometimes. But, like, I can never get into his offense, and it's not just, like, the wacky line for me. Well, thank God he dropped that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, like, it's not just that that has been holding me back. It's, like... I don't believe him as an ass kicker right. in the ring. I, think that- I do believe him as an ass kicker in backstage segments yeah. and on the mic. Swaggering even, But yeah. like his offense has never really clicked for me. Yeah, I- I've always understood that complaint and, and like acknowledged it, I think, certainly on the show, saying, like, oh, when he's in the lower card, he always does this. But it just felt like this should have been a bigger moment for Dean. He didn't capitalize on And again, I, I hate speaking poorly of him, but I got to call it like I see it. And that did really stand out to me in that moment. I felt like the match was just like a freight train at that point. And the crowd was so ready for him, shown by when he did tease the dirty deeds. They really popped for it. Mm-hmm. But the, the lead up to it, I thought, was a real letdown. But that's only one dark spot in what I thought was really a fun match. I thought this match was great. I really enjoyed the finish a lot as well yeah, yeah. Uh, that like 
you know, Dolph gets the pin, but he's dead. He, that's right. It's a Claymore kick to Seth while he's like, you know, running train on Dolph at the time. And yeah. like, uh, it just happens that their bodies collapse in such a way that Dolph is on top. One, two, three. Which is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that is such an impressive fucking thing to do. Like, have a giant jump in with a drop kick and, like, land Dolph Ziggler on top. And then the visual at the end of uh, Drew just, like, carrying Dolph on his shoulders with that. the belts. Loved that. It's great. Good subliminal messaging about where they are going with it, too. Some foreshadowing. It's like he's carrying Dolph through this, both figuratively and literally. But I'm going to disagree with you. I am not done with Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. No, I hey. feel like this is a this is a pairing that you can come back to at any point. I do agree. Maybe down the road, I do agree yeah. that it is running its course right now. Yeah. But I would also say they've been having matches, what, for what, three and a half months at oh, this yeah. point? Something like that. And only one of them has been bad. Oh, yeah. I'm not, and and yeah. I would think a lot of people will point to the fact that, like, I know you and I don't feel this way necessarily. It's just the booking of this particular match. Yeah. But people will say that that's just because Iron Man matches in general are bad. Look, that is what is being said. I know. And, and it's hard to argue against when that's the only low point of what's been really a sterling long-term feud yeah, but come, here. There, there isn't there – isn't, you could put – AJ Styles against Kenny Omega with that booking, and it's not going to be a good of match. Course, like, of course, of yeah, yeah. No, I fully n- agree. Anyway, let, let's move on to the next one. But I just, I just think that this is something. You know, maybe it, it is time for these teams to go a separate way. Though I don't think that's going to happen immediately. We yeah. pro- are probably going to get a rematch at uh, Super Showdown I or one so of you, yeah. and that might lead into a Survivor Series match with these two teams on opposite sides, with some other ingredients there as well down the line. But for right now. Like, I do, like, if you come back to Seth and Dolph in, like, a year and a half. Sure, yeah. I'd be into that match again. They are, somebody in my, one of my chats described them as having just, like, a Green Lantern Sinestro style. (laughs) Like, they they just are, like, perfect. They are each other's, like, foils in terms of, yeah. They just have great chemistry. They do. Uh, let's move on to the next match here, JMO. But again, w- I think this was the second match in the card total, and it really did get things off to uh, you uh, know. third match. Third match, okay. And at this point, I had liked both that came before, which I guess was Hardy and Orton and, and Becky and Charlotte, and the women's match, which were both excellent as well. Let's talk about some other Raw matches here, JMO, which there aren't as many of as you no, might. There think. are only three. Uh, but Ronda Rousey beating uh, Alexa Bliss. Uh, this went twelve oh two. Yep, I did enjoy it. So did. Okay, and again, I feel like I'm being more negative than I felt about the show. I liked this match. It did. Now, I think we have to acknowledge that the opening of this show, the first, the first four matches in a row on this card, bangers, all incredible. Yeah, like great a, matches, a, a tremendous show that you could stack up against. I don't know, like a. A takeover? Say, a takeover, and it would hold up. It, I would it say might that. win. It might win against yep. some takeovers, honestly. I like think it that, would. That's the level that we were at. I don't feel like this match was at that level, but this match was still good. And I and it is important that we do see Ronda work a real match. Yes, know? agreed. I mean, the the Nia match, her first singles match, w- was technically a real match, but there was a different dynamic at play there versus what you're going to get out of a standard That's wrestling right. match about against most any other opponent. And this was just like we said, kind of classic wrestling storytelling. A heel 
exposing an injury that she had planted herself yep. and just trying to get at that. I thought Alexa's character stuff throughout this match, this might have been like the most I've ever liked Alexa Bliss in the ring. You know what's weird? What match always stands out to me for her in the ring was the fucking Elimination Chamber. That was Yeah, she was good uh, I felt like she was, when it was her and Sasha like in the corner, I felt like that was awesome. Uh, but that sort of almost leads into my next point, which is, I'm still actually more into Ronda Rousey than I was expecting to. Like, I still get very excited. That said, this the connection to the Bella Twins is awful, and we actually have a question about that this week. But I'm ready to watch Ronda wrestle wrestlers who are better than her. Mm-hmm. Like, all due respect to, to Nia and Alexa, who I do think have had good matches with Ronda. But, like, when do we get to Ronda Sasha Banks? Or, you know, like... There, there is something about Ronda's offense that does look more real. Well, than other people. And I don't know yeah. if it's like that it's a lack of polish. I think, well, I think that is part of it. But but it's also like I think a lot of her like judo and, and MMA stuff like comes through in the way she delivers her offense. Well, definitely. It's still, you know, worked and safe. Yep. But there is like an element of her just kind of like throwing people around that doesn't really exist if I were to watch like let's pick a few that I actually did enjoy. But like. Nikki Bella versus Natalia, you know? Yeah, like, feud was kind of on and off. But there were good parts, for sure. Yeah, uh, but I just mean, like, I totally you don't did, yeah. feel like... They're, they do moves, but they're not, like, throwing each other around. No. In the same way that Ronda... Like, there feels... There's, like, a, a, a kind of organic feeling to a lot of her offense. Yeah. It's the opposite of Dean, in that, like, I do feel That's that she is... Doing these moves and, like, trying to win a match for real, you know? Like, That's... Yeah. Uh, do you like the finisher? That's the only thing of Ronda's moveset where it's like she the, does so many things. The that, roll through kind of fireman's carry thing that it, she does to get in position for the armbar or what? I call it like the spinning Samoan drop. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right name for it, but or, or whatever the move is, I don't think it's been named. Like they don't call it. I on. do like it. Yeah. yeah? I, I feel like her style, I like it better that she's sort of presented as like a Minoru Suzuki shooter. And like that move sort of feels very out of step with the rest of the, the okay. movesets for me. I don't dislike it, but I don't feel like she's nailed it, to be honest. And, and that's with Alexa, who weighs, you know, probably as small of an Nothing. opponent as she's going to get. But she's also, like, lifted Triple H. I do feel like she that's can true. do it to other people who are not Alexa. The real reason I want Ronda wrestle, wrestle wrestlers who are better than her, though, is that you've only really got to see her selling in the Stephanie McMahon and Triple H match. Like She hasn't really sold much for Alexa. I can't really remember if she did in the Nia match. She but her did selling, here with, like, the selling the rib injury and but whatnot. But just on but herself, not yeah. selling moves. And you're right, That's there is true. a distinction there. But if you remember at Mania, her selling was awesome. Like, I thought it was the best part of what she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd like to see a bit of a return to that. These are, again, minor complaints in a show that I, I did really enjoy. I didn't think there was a huge stinker on this. Um, but if there was one, Roman Reigns took on uh, Braun Strowman for the Universal title. And it's hard to call this a stinker because I do feel like this match was generally pretty good until we got to the finish. I, I think, now I do need to say this, I can smell the mean tweets coming. I think Blair Pacheco and I are the only people on earth who like the finish. It's terrible. Um, but the match, I guess, yeah, I, is this weird that I can barely remember what Roman and Braun did to one another at the ring? I'm like having a really just hard time just remembering. The, like, it. the finish is so uh, overshadowing everything else. Well, and even before that, the run-ins of Seth and Dean and McIntyre and uh, Dolph. Like I remember that, but yeah, because they just sold for like ten minutes, Braun and Roman. That's true. But I mean, they they had some brutal stuff with like chairs or the stairs rather. Like there was yeah, some, that's right. There were some big spots that like led to that selling. That's right. Um, I'm just struggling to remember it. But yeah, like. You know, we get uh, Drew and Dean on top of the cage. 
or was it? Uh, no, nope, that's right. Yeah, they were they were fighting yep. on top of the cage, yep. and of course, Dolph and Seth both go through the tables at the same time, which was synced wonderfully. The sync was great. If we're gonna have Shane McMahon, if we're gonna have people coming off the top of the cell, or even the the um, Mahal brother coming off the Punjabi prison through a table, yeah. though I didn't. Did you feel like this spot had like huge effect? I kind of felt like it was when more they, when they do the come off the halfway mark. Yeah, I, they do. This is what they do a lot, though, right? But they definitely I, do it a I lot. I feel like it's the more common cell spot by far. Like, but Shane I, is the only person who gets to do that, and you're never going to get like an offensive moment out of it. It's always. Uh, he's just going to land on yes. a crash pad. You're totally right that this is the more common. I just feel like with those ones somewhat fresh in my mind, I don't find that these halfway down ones have that much impact. Now, I want to be clear that I was saying the Mahal brother one, or not the Mahal brother, sorry, mm-hmm. the Singh brother one, did feel awesome because he was higher up on the prison. Yeah. Again, these are small complaints, but did you not feel like Dolph and Seth were kind of low for that? Like I was like, eh, that doesn't look that bad. I mean, to come down and both hit separate tables. That's and, impressive. Like, the visual of it was good. I agree. I saw it coming just of way Of course. Too. It was telegraphed. Yeah. But, like, so much of wrestling is telegraphed. Definitely. It's just a matter of trying to make you forget the things they've already set up, right? So let's talk the about Chekhov's the finish. Chekhov's table, as it were. Of course, shouts out to Fruits Are Edible. Uh, yeah. No, the finish was bad. Let's talk about it. So Brock, Brock Lesnar comes appears. down. He rips the door off the cell. Did you see this coming at all, Brock arriving? Uh, I heard he was backstage before. Okay. Because that, that news did leak. Now, some organizations leaked that responsibly by saying... Big name that we didn't think we'd see backstage, and you can click the link to find out. Others, for example, I believe Wrestling Observer Uh tweeted out, Brock Lesnar's backstage tonight. Like, fucking thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, Yeah, big Dave. So I knew that like two hours before it happened. I had no idea. When his music hit, like for a guy that we see as relatively often on pay-per-views as Brock Lesnar, I felt like genuinely swerved. I was like... And I know you don't like the finish, and lots of people don't. Can we agree that that's maybe like the most badass Heyman has looked in forever? Like with the surprise I like Brock entrance? with a beard too. Well, yeah, dude. UFC 100 Brock with like Viking beard is the best yeah, Brock. Yeah, I like that. But Heyman just like rounding the corner, being like, "Bitch, we're here." I was so into it's that. It's just you cannot end a match like this in a no contest. I refuse yeah. to believe that. I don't care what happens. You know, uh, like you propose that like maybe. Heyman drags Strowman on top of Roman or something like that. Like, we need a finish. I agree. It was clearly designed in such a way that they're like, well, we can't risk giving either of these guys a loss, so we got to come up with something. To to be clear, I'm not – the match should have had a finish. I I couldn't agree more with that. And I thought that uh, you shouldn't have had them go off the air with that because it's just like, how are you going to end a pay-per-view with that? Yeah. Well, Braun Strowman, man, has only been pinned – Three times in the last two years. Who is it? Roman, I have no idea. Roman, Brock, somebody else besides those two? Probably just Roman again. Oh, yeah. It must be something like that. Anyway, I just thought this was like kind of a cool schmoz, almost like a throwback to an Attitude Era pay-per-view. Like It was it was a B pay-per-view that like led to something. I felt adequately swerved by the Brock thing. I thought the visual of him tearing the cage apart is cool. But it's just like, man, this was the money in the bank cash-in. Yeah. You're going to end it with a no no finish? Well, I think Desharm and I both said in our chat, like, as soon as you brought that up, like, what a waste of money in the bank. I was like, that does make me like it less for yeah, sure. Yeah, and if you're going to, like, if you have already know that Roman is going to take the title off of Brock, yeah. which you should have known at Money in the Bank, yes, and you don't want a Money in the Bank cash-in to interrupt his reign, yep. no pun intended, <laughs> then fucking put it on SmackDown. Yeah. It's as easy as that. The I do want to praise them a little bit here because sometimes the road to get to payoff sucks. I do just want to say that it 
I think it's cool that they're rehabbing the money in the bank a little bit. Like, it's not a guaranteed championship. Like, Corbin failed. Braun has failed. Like, it's not as much of, oh, this is the next champion as used to be. And I think mm. that does add, like, a wrinkle I may be interested in. But I do agree that, like, how the fuck does Braun Strowman not successfully have a cash in? Like, this guy can't lose a match, but yet he has the money in the bank and can't get the and, title with and it. And then, like, what the makeup is, we're going to get the triple threat in Saudi Arabia. If you're Braun... That's not a makeup for no. what I just gave up. He said as much on Raw, yeah. which I did. I did like. I think that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there were tons of gifts of Braun that like <laughs> will hang around forever because he perfectly described how we sometimes feel about watching the product. <laughs> JMO, I don't uh, have a segment for here. I think we're just going to roll on into round number two if that's good with you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's It'll be round V 2.0. Very nice. And we'll get to it now in round <laughs> number two. <laughs> I fucked that up. That's okay. Round two. Fight. <laughs> JMO, growing up, where were you with the Hardy Boys? I uh, always liked them. Yep. But always more of an edge and Christian guy. Yeah. Me with the Dudleys, but sort of the same thing. But you sort of. I, I, I'm a comedy person, obviously. Yep. So I gravitate to the people who are funniest. Christian and, being the funniest out of all six of those and guys. Yeah, Christian, Edge, and especially when they were running a little trio there with Kurt Angle for a little while. Yeah. Those three guys together, comedy gold. Oh, anytime. Those two were so good at elevating. Here we are talking about Matt Hardy's retirement. And like, But I do want to say, every time you added a third to Edge and Christian, they elevated those guys to funny. Like They brought the funny out of guys. Austin, Angle. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. Think about how weird it is. Think of that guy with personality now. Yeah. Like, they were able to do that. But indeed, Justin... I always liked them, though. Yeah. How could you not? Super exciting style. Yep. Willing to do anything. Just, like, invincible, essentially. Well, certainly no true other his brother, way, Jeff. There's no, there's no other way to describe somebody who can take that kind of punishment again and again and again and, and show, like, no... It's crazy. Well, not only that, Matt's Where? been doing like a top rope leg drop forever. Like yeah. a move known for like breaking your lower back. Which is partly why I'm assuming his like pelvis and spinal column are, are like, like fusing. fusing on I, I want to say this about the Hardy Bros because we are going to celebrate Matt Hardy here and a lot of his career is tied to his brother Jeff. So it just needs to be said that they did revolutionize tag team wrestling. Like that is a thing you can say about them mm -hmm. in partnership with Edge and Christian and the Dudleys. But there was tag team wrestling, certainly in WWE, before those three and after. Like, now we do associate tag team wrestling and certainly TLCs with this sort of, like, manic, big spot. Like, that's all them. Like, that's where that started. And sometimes I know it sounds obvious, but I don't know if they get their dude apps for that. Like, that wasn't going on before them. Uh, and so I think that's just one feather in the cap of Matt Hardy that he has many of. So I thought it was worth talking about Team Extreme and the Hardys. Yeah. I mean, it's a wild career in that, like, what didn't he do? Well, you know? Every promotion. L l l how many Matt Hardys can you think? So Hardy Bros. And then you have, like, the Lita singles angle, right? With yeah, him and Edge. V1. V1. Big Money Matt. Matt Fax. And, of course, Broken! Yeah, which, you know, and yeah, he left to go to Ring of Honor. Didn't go that well. But, but it was that's a time when Ring of Honor is... Uh, not quite as uh, as established as we think of it today, basically. There well, was some great talent there at the time, right. but I don't think it was like... No. I don't think people talked about Ring of Honor even near as much as people talk about it today. When was like Ring of Honor's hot period? That's a good question. Yeah, that, I want to say like 2007 to like 2009. Yeah, maybe. Well, as Punk is exiting and like Brian is still there, uh, Cesaro is Strong still there. Aries. Yeah, that... Anyway, it, it's... 
It's very interesting to like look at Matt Hardy because Seth I think Rollins is there. That's right. I think sometimes people think of like Chris Jericho as the guy who reinvented himself over and over and over. But I can actually draw harder lines and separate Matt Hardys than I can Chris Jericho's. Like, yeah, uh, and I feel like Jericho has evolved absolutely. Whereas like Hardy made clear changes, absolutely like utter gimmick changes, yeah. right? And I think that's really impressive. What do you think Matt Hardy is going to be most remembered for? Uh, probably the broken character. Isn't that something, eh? Yeah. Like, I, I think he'll be most remembered for the TLC triple threat. I, but, I agree. But yeah, in terms no. of singles Matt Hardy. You're right in that, like, I think when we think about Matt Hardy, it's impossible to separate him from Jeff and the tag team. That's right. And if you're going to think about that, then you're going to think about all the matches that they had with Edge and Christian. The yep. Dudley boys suddenly get incorporated into that mix. They take hardcore matches as tag teams to another level, yep. just constantly pushing each other to outdo what they had previously done. Now, in some ways, this is like a bad thing for wrestling, right? Be- yeah, I get what you mean. Because yeah. because we've taken away the importance of like in-ring storytelling and it's become... Car crash about, wrestling. Yeah, it's about stunts. Yeah. It's who can do the biggest stunt? This what's is the, the big Ric Flair what's, point. What's the craziest thing we can do? And yeah. in some ways, like that's a tragedy. That's why... Edge isn't wrestling today, you know? That's why his career got cut short. And in a lot of ways, it is It is why. I struggle with that because you look at other guys whose careers were ended early. Like, Bret Hart just took a kick from Goldberg. Like, Owen Hart pile drives Austin. That's like, true, but, like, you, you don't come out of those matches unscathed, you know? No, you but has anyone ever had their career ended in one? No, that's true. And there's lots of just plain singles matches that ended guys' careers. And, tr- and like, you know, I guess the Dudleys took, like, insane bumps throughout for, that. Yeah, forever. Run. Like, bu- Bubba coming off, like, the tallest ladder you've ever seen through a big <laughs> stack of tables. Fucking and, Bubba. And Bubba's still going. That's so, what yeah. yeah. I, I know what you... I guess you're right in that, like, it's luck of the draw, right? But you're right, but, too. But, like, you can't look at, say, that, like, the, the flying spear... That right. the edge delivers on Jeff off that enormous ladder. It's like a twenty foot drop. Oh. Like that's what ended him. You know. Oh well, and it, it, ha- it it might not be the specific thing that did it, but there's no way that it's not a contributing factor. Stone Cold always calls it like your bump count. Like you only have so many, and I feel like each match you go through of like those triple TLCs are worth like fifty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your punch card gets punched in those things, and and like your bump card. That's a bump that counts for five or whatever. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It's interesting, Justin, because you say there, and I think correctly, like it's hard to talk about Matt Hardy without tying him to Jeff. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like he severed that uh, relationship more than ever and became sort of the A-side in the Hardy Brothers pairing in the TNA angle of Broken Matt and Brother Nero. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because... I feel like that just did wonders for rehab for Matt Hardy. Not only for sort of getting himself over in this new character, but do you remember there was like actual buzz around TNA for these things? Like people were tuning in for these final deletions and the, the Great War. And there was, a, I forget what the name of the third one was, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, and I think it's the perfect thing to be the final act in his career also, right? That, yeah, totally. That, that the guy who's always been second best, always been outshone by... Uh, you know, wh- whether it's the more handsome brother or the brother willing to take the bigger risks. Well, and just the more charismatic brother. Like, if you are to ask, I'm, sh- I'm sure that there are examples of girls who would disagree because, you know, Very there, few. there are women out there whose favorite Backstreet Boy was Howie or whatever. But, I, I know. It, but yeah. if you were to ask someone 90%. who is the heartthrob 
of never mind just the Hardy Boys, but like the tag division. It's Jeff Hardy. Everybody was crazy about. I think Jeff you could Hardy. say WWE at that yeah. period of time. Yeah. He was like the crush guy. And and listen, Jeff Hardy's so interesting. He, him and RVD actually have this in common, where they're two guys who. Like, the charismatic enigma utterly suits Jeff Hardy. Like, he's not good on mic. He's terrible. And yet he is – you can't take your eyes off. He's like RVD. Like, people forget that these guys are bad promos because they're so charismatic. Physical charisma. People put this onto Nakamura sometimes, but I don't feel like he has it like Jeff Hardy has. And I think Nakamura's a way better wrestler, to be clear. But, like, Jeff Hardy has made a career off of just being magnetized. But I do feel like Matt Hardy, in this tail end – and you're right. You wonder how much he was feeling this this lower back, seeing the, the bridge narrowing, seeing this end of career – what a way to extend it better than these out-of-ring, off-location, pre-shot matches, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. at his house. Like, Well, I was thinking more from a perspective of, like, the guy who's always been in the shadows his entire career. Yeah. 20 years living in the shadow of his brother. Yeah. Gets to have his moment right at the end. And, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just that he was doing creative things and... and was a pleasure to watch, which that is all true, of course. Yes, yes, yes. But, like, I feel like as viewers, we all have an appreciation for uh, Matt Hardy. Or that comes from our appreciation of the Hardy boys in general. So we want to be there for him, you know? Like, we want – there's a – it's the audience is meeting halfway. That's right. As much as, like, he's giving us something good – but we want to to like him also. It, there's something that feels good about watching him finally have his moment after 16 years of kind of being in the shadows. Well, not to talk and where that goodwill, you're totally right that it comes from the Hardy Boys. But I also think that there's something else that's just you can't get around for that, which is I hate to use like such oh, insider terms or whatnot. But you want to talk about like a worked shoot. Edge cheated he lita cheated on matt hardy with edge and yeah. this was known and they turned this into an on-screen yeah. angle stole you your re- girl and then lost the feud that was the the hottest feud at the time and do you remember the pops matt hardy is getting at that time because he how could you not be on his side this is something that actually if you recall before the show we were talking about like yeah. times we've been cheated on in life or i don't, don't want to go down this road certainly on I, i'm just saying that there it, this is something that I think people can relate to and that it was real. Yeah. Now, you could talk about how hilarious the booking is that he loses and gets fired, but that's that's another discussion. But I think there is some lingering goodwill that Matt Hardy's always had from that, genuinely. Yeah, like, you're I, probably right. I, I, like, I don't feel like he ever... He was still the B-side to Jeff, but there was something distinct about Matt Hardy. Not He was no longer Devon, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like, there was a singles feud you could point to that people cared about, and he was getting reactions. And I think that that's going to be part of his legacy, too, in a weird way. Now, he did himself no favors right after that, doing like all those shoot interviews where he comes across really sour, and he's all fucked up on drugs. D- did you watch the Hardy Bros 24 earlier this year? I haven't seen it. it well worth watching. But I have seen the video of them, like, just wasted in like a the diner shitting on yeah. CM Punk. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. For sure. But this this documentary does a lot to illuminate. Like Matt was pretty messed up too for a period of time, which of course. I don't think I really knew all that much. But how could you take those bumps and then not? Yeah, man, do drugs. That's on some level. Yeah, you know? I don't really know to be honest. Like post car accident, you know, the back was all sore, and it's like you can understand how somebody would like get addicted to painkillers. I'm like. I'm in one one hundredth of the pain of Matt Hardy every night. He's doing a leg drop off of a top rope lay yeah. down on his ass. You know, like not friendly. Is there a Matt Hardy match that you you would like to to call attention to or say that you remember him for? That you, just something kind of special to you, a memory from Matt Hardy? Just as we close out the round, not really. It's just like the final, the first final deletion. Yep. 
against Jeff. That, that's weirdly the one that comes to mind for me, too. Um, and, and it's the fact that it's the two of them that Matt also wins the match. Yep. That he, that's right. That's a good Because point. it's not only, like, culturally he is taking the spotlight. He beat his brother. He got to be the, the winner for well, once. And with, with Jeff becoming brother Nero, there's almost like a weird acceptance of, like, okay, I am tagging along with Matt now. Like, Jeff yeah. has become part of Matt's gimmick. Exactly. And that was so, like you say, such a moment, like a paradigm shift. And it's such a dynamic. fun insane match also. Oh, yeah. I mean. And, like, look, I've talked a lot on the show over the last couple months about how much I think impact is hugely important in the current landscape and uh, their willingness to kind of be an open border promotion that wants to work with everyone right. and allow their talent to work with as many people as possible, too. I think that is a wonderful thing. I agree. I also think that we would not be in this place. That impact might not even exist right now if not for the run that Matt Hardy had. I think you could make that case. It, like, I mean, the viewership never really reflected that. But Yeah. But and also, like, you know, <laughs> Dixie is just going to pour money. Well, At yeah. the time, yeah. she seemed like she was hell-bent on keeping this thing going no matter what. So it's impossible to say, like, Impact would have died if not for. But... Like in terms of like people talking about it and public Bing, opinion, absolutely. Like it, even just goodwill, they yeah. had zero. People hated TNA, yeah. and then they're like, "Oh, they're just letting Matt Hardy run with this." Like that, uh, tremendous. I do want to call out another couple quick moments. I know that this is uh, rounding out here, but the the return at Mania last year was you know I, enormous. Yeah, and also like gotta feel good for him. I was thinking about this last night. Like he did get to have all the matches that he wanted to have. Yeah. Even in the yep. broken gimmick, it was like, I want to go against... Did they, did they wrestle New Day? I don't think they did. They probably would have been on opposite I don't shows. think they did, but I could be wrong about that, but I don't think so. They at least got to... In New Day introduced them. Correct, which was they, huge. And they, of course, got to have their Young Bucks match the yep. night before they came back at mm -hmm. Mania, which, insane... That they would have an like a big ladder war against the Bucks. <laughs> have you seen that match? And then go do WrestleMania. It like, is... It was there a day gap in between those, or was that no, the night before? No, Saturday night. That's what I thought, yeah. At Final Battle, next night, insane. I just want to also say this is a weird note to go out on, but if you go back and watch, like, Matt Fax compilations, mm -hmm. guy was doing, like, those Chuck Norris jokes way before Chuck Norris jokes existed, and I feel like a tip of the cat to Matt Hardy for that. I, I do feel like, though, we are not done. Like, oh, yeah. Like, he is, yeah. he is, might be done in the ring. He might have, like, one last final match left in him. Yes. Or a final, final deletion. That um, There's reason like, to think he could do more of those yeah, final deletions. Of course, because right? it should be less taxing than an actual match. You can stage it. Broken Matt as a short-term GM could totally work. But also, like, he's going to become an agent, you know? It makes sense. And right? that, like, is going to be good for the business long-term. As guys like Michael Hayes, you that's know, right. yep. peter out, whether that's through retirement or... <laughs> Me killing him. Death, please. <laughs> please. Uh, We're not wishing death on him, but... If it happened. I mean, did you see the photos of him at the Flair wedding? Uh, dude, you can't he, find... He looks like he could die tomorrow. You cannot find a photo from that Flair wedding that I don't find hilarious. You cannot yeah, that's do it. True. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but like, eventually when we get to a point where you know Triple H is running the show and the lead agents that are booking matches are guys like Tyson Kidd and like Matt Hardy. Yeah. I do feel like the product is going to benefit enormously. How about this? Just Matt Hardy being a character development guy, the old dusty spot in uh, oh my the performance God. center. Yeah, like, that, yeah uh, of course. It seems like a really natural role There's for him. There's all kinds of places he could end up yeah. behind the scenes where 
his influence is going to still be felt for a very, very long time. And I feel like not just WWE, but the industry as a whole is probably better off for it. In, in summation, you might say Matt Hardy is wonderful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to celebrate his retirement, we're going to have some mustard and beans. <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah, I look forward to that. You know what else I'm looking forward to, Josh? Round number three. <laughs> Round three. Fight. <laughs> JMO, we're just going to be dealing with the uh, the main card here because as I gather, the Rusev Day versus New Day match on the pre-show was very good, but yeah, I, I heard, did not I heard watch good it. things about it. I didn't watch the pre-show either. Unsurprising that the New Day are in another good match. I I know I said this a couple of weeks back, but I, I want to apologize for underrating the New Day for so long. And R.I.P. Rusev Day. Yeah. Bad call. It run its time, though. No, I don't I, think so. I think so. I, I, I'm concerned about Rusev on the other side of that, but that's another discussion. We well, he's, get he's the babyface of the split, though, right? <laughs> I want babyface Rusev. I got no problem with that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess remains to be seen. But if I, just I go think back if you're going to worry about one person, it should be Aiden. What's he going to do by himself? Yeah, but I don't love Aiden. Ingl- and the answer is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the answer. But Jamo, let's get into something I did care very much about. Despite, listen, you got to admit when you were wrong. And when we did our preview show, I was like, boy, just let. Are, do we even have anything to say about this? As Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton take on one another, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. I, I thought the build to this started a month too early, like I said. Sure, yeah, yeah. But was very, very good. Like there were a lot of intense, gross spots involving Jeff's ear loops, <laughs> and of course that plays into the match as well. It's probably t- the most memorable spot, maybe the most memorable spot of the entire night. One of them. Uh, the other one that actually comes to mind, just because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory is such trash. I don't think I've seen it before. When the ladder was set up upside down like a V. Oh, yeah. And Orton that was power gross. slammed him through that and the ladder like closed on him. Has that happened before? I don't remember seeing anything like, like that. I know it's been on the side. You've seen almost, you would think it's happened, right? Yeah. But But it stood, if it has, I don't remember it. Now, they did get lucky here as well in a lot of ways in that they got a lot of memorable visuals out of things that I you don't you couldn't possibly have planned. Like what? Uh, I mean... Obviously, Jeff, like, lashing him with his studded belt was going to leave some marks. But the marks that it left, you could see every stud, basically, in blood, which was quite a visual. But also, like, just that, like, string of flesh that was just hanging off of Randy's leg. Like, that was disgusting. You're right. And there's no way you can account for that. It was a great visual. It made the match feel extra brutal and like where does that come from I, I couldn't even name the spot that Randy suffered that injury I have no idea exactly. I just I didn't even notice it till pretty late in the match I don't know if it happened late but dude it was just like dangling off of him I was distracted by all the other let, let's just talk about it the screwdriver spot where if you weren't watching uh, Randy Orton takes it finds a toolbox under the apron we weren't watching this one together J-Mo but I was thinking of you and your love for things under the ring did you see like that toolbox like hammer sauce just like what the hell I was like I hope there's some Gatorade in there. That's absolutely you did. Uh, but Randy Orton jams the the screwdriver through the the earlobe of one Jeff Hardy, where his uh, what do you call those like ear gauges normally yeah, are? I guess. Uh, did this spot? Did you were you squirming? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, big time. Listen, I'm a deathmatch guy. I was squirming a lot for this. I I found it genuinely uncomfortable in a good way. But I was like, Oof. because I feel like they faked a lot of the other times they've played around Definitely, with, yeah. with Matt's or Jeff's like little loops there. Definitely true. Because basically it would just be Randy would hold it 
and he'd flex his arms like he's pulling real hard, yeah. but he's not actually applying any pressure, I don't think, whatsoever. But this it time? It just visually looked gross because you can imagine what that feels like. Yes. There's no way. He put the, thi- he put the screwdriver right through the ear and then twisted it and pulled it. The, the twist? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like yeah. that was that was my reaction, and uh, I I saw from people watching on Twitter that like they they had the wife and kids in the room, and they're like screaming yep. at that spot. That is something like I think if you are like us and you've just seen so many things, you yeah. become desensitized. Descharm said, "I watch death matches all the time. That shit means nothing to me." Yeah, but a casual will watch that match and be blown away by it like well, that is a visual that will stick with them for a long time when if we were going to complain about how the the main event brock and braun didn't do service to the the stipulation of hell in a cell this match certainly yeah um and it also it. kind of showed that you can have a brutal match like this in much the same way that uso's new day did last year without ever leaving the cell great, without going on the yep, roof without yep. doing a big drop you can just use the cage to do gross stuff with, and it was it was brutal. It was the perfect amount of brutality. The uh, we do have to move on, but the the due credit that they deserve here is that everyone was expecting a swanton off the top of the cage. You didn't get that spot, and there was zero letdown from that because you had seen so much. I uh, do have a teeny criticism. Go ahead, yeah. Randy mistimed getting off the table. I know. He got off way too early, yeah. and it kind of ruined the ending. It, that's definitely true. I, again, at that point, and this is where this is where real mixes with fake in a way that I think people who don't watch wrestling can't really understand, where it's like, I am now giving the performer leeway because I've seen them just go through torture. And also, like, Jeff <laughs> keeps swinging. Yeah. So it's hard to gauge at what swing is the one he's going to drop on. Yeah. But I did feel like it was mistimed to a point that did hurt the finish. You're totally right. And it did suck because that spot of him getting the momentum, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. But you're right, Randy, like, hopping up. Like, why? It made it look like Jeff was just jumping through a table. Exactly. Which, yeah, no exactly. good. But a match that maybe didn't exceed your expectations because you had sort of nailed it. But Ter- Terrific match, But though. blew my stack. And what a way to open this show. <laughs> what a way to open this show. JMO, last the, round we didn't talk about uh oh no wait, we're we're doing this now. We're on SmackDown. Yeah. Lord Almighty, Becky Lynch getting the belt off of Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with how much they presented her as a heel here still. Not in ring though. Uh, yeah, still kinda. Not as much as on SmackDown the week before. Like no no holding against the ropes. No and she fed to the crowd at the end. Yeah, but it was just like you know, still, she's acting selfish. You're right. Blah, blah. There's there's too much heel presentation still in this for my liking. Yeah, okay. And, and I heard going into this, oh, all the talk is they're going to do a double turn. And I'm thinking to myself, well, is it really a double turn when no. the crowd is already reacting to them this way? No. But then what I heard was the double turn that was planned was for them to flip the crowd reaction and not flip the presentation. Would that have been possible? No. What would they have done? I have no idea. <laughs> Becky goes into the crowd, yeah. finds uh, yeah, who's was... the most beloved person in wrestling who always gets Austin. She like goes in and like starts just hitting Austin in the head, re-concussing him. Mm-hmm. Like cracking something over his neck. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, like the, the apparently the plan was to c- come out of this with Charlotte just beloved. Well, Which, how is that even... Give it up. What are you possibly thinking you have here? I will say I left this match loving Charlotte. Not not in the alignment sense, but 
God, the breath the of fresh air of these two. The first, however long, maybe eight minutes of that match when they're doing like real technical wrestling on the ground. I was like, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I was right. But like, Lord, like Carmella sucked with the belt. Like these are matches worthy of that belt. Like, yes. This was such a, to follow that Hell in a Cell, how are you going to do that? You know, they'd just seen everything and that they just took it back to basics, some mat work. And listen, I think Becky's great. But Charlotte's definitely the more athletic of the two of them. Like, that, that running forearm looked bad from Becky. But minor complaints again. But I was just like, it is so nice to have, like, good matches for the women's belt. I, I thought this was great. And following that cell is a hard fucking task. Yeah, I'm just disappointed that they put the belt on Becky here. Yeah, I actually, I said the same thing. Because to me, that again demonstrates that they do not know what they have. They misunderstand her. it. You, you think they make Charlotte more heel, they delay it a little more, and then Becky yeah. finally gets it at Be- like Survivor Coronate Series. Coronate Becky... No, not even at Survivor Series, dude. You could drag that out all the way to WrestleMania. I so only when she finally gets the title, it feels like a huge moment. The only reason I disagree is because she's on the same show as Brian and I feel or Daniel Bryan, and I feel like they're going to be running like too much of a parallel story there. That might be true. Um, but I I agree that it was a little early. But in the same breath, when she won it, I did feel pretty good. So. Yeah, same. Um, and it was a surprise because I genuinely did not think it was going to happen. It's just good to see Becky Lynch getting used too, like. You think of all the times she hasn't been on pay per views, and you're just seeing this, and it's like, well, the crowd loves she her, and the matches are good. Marine Six, <laughs> yeah, she sure was with Shawn Michaels. Uh, Justin, I couldn't really have much of a higher opinion of this next match. I don't know how AJ Styles and Samoa Joe are still good together. Like, it doesn't. I don't really understand it. Like, you can make an argument Samoa Joe's peak is 2003, and here they are just getting it done in 2018. Can I can I have a complaint again? I, I think you have to. On shows this good, it's okay to... Ni- you loved this match, though, I right? Did. Okay, what's the complaint? I didn't like the finish. What's I, the finish? I the don't even remember. The finish is a twisting kind of roll-up oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. into a pin. Yeah. Similar to, I think there was a finish like this in a women's match not that long ago on NXT. I was going to say Rhodes-Aldis was but, the... But this was how uh, Shayna got beat by... Kyrie. Kyrie. Same sort of out of a choke roll into this exact same configuration. Good call. I don't remember that. Except this one has a wrinkle in that AJ taps before the three count comes. Yeah, at the same time, I think, is the three. Okay, it might have been a two, I thought. Okay. Regardless, uh, that's the way a heel escapes with a title. That's right. Yeah, that is sort of weird. I get that. So I don't like that's the finish I would expect. During Seth Rollins' title reign. I get that, yeah. I don't think that's a finish that fits AJ Styles. I agree. I think if you if you already are doing the rematch at Super Showdown, you have you to have, save the forearm. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I get that. And you have to complaint. have a reason why Joe deserves a rematch also. Yeah. It just felt like this is a finish that does not fit the alignment of these two people. I think that's a very fair complaint. But I thought the match was great. You know what is a spot that's super simple that I really love a lot? Is it the Samoa Joe clothesline? It's not the clothesline. His, like, rolling shoulder oh, block, yep. the, like, tornado shoulder block, awesome. always looks amazing. It, that that Samoa Joe's I – lo- I did love that move, to acknowledge it. But but that Samoa Joe sells for, like, three minutes, and then his entire comeback is that one lariat is 
is so... I'd all credit to AJ Styles, who did the Neville sell, where he does like the full back flip and then ragdolls, which just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, J-Mo, can I go so far back and just say one thing and compliment a guy you like? Yes. No one sells a DDT like Seth Rollins. Sorry, just needed to get that out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that, that like... Nobody delivers a DDT like Dolph either. Well, that's far from true. <laughs> that's who. There's so many good DDTs right now, but it's got to be Andrade. His for hanging one. DDT though is really good. Like the jumping and then coming down. It, it, Andrade's DDT is different. That's not. I can't put that in the same category as like a normal DDT. Dirty Deeds, Alexa Bliss, oh, Bobby Roode, so many. I don't think Alexa's DDT is very good. No, neither do I. I'm just saying there's so many people who That's use true. them right now. That's true. Uh, I loved this match. I don't have a ton to say besides like it's bizarre that these guys still have obvious chemistry. Like Samojo hasn't had great matches with everybody on the roster. That's, That's just true. the fact. And uh, and these guys got it done. The diving elbow from Joe like to the outside looked insane. Uh, and not just to compliment Samoa Joe, like AJ obviously doing all the grace. I do feel like AJ is going to win the feud. Definitely, yeah. Joe never holds the belt. Yeah, uh, he will eventually. Sorry, hope, in this feud. But uh, I, uh, I think we both agree that Randy Orton is the next opponent for AJ. I don't really know how you get around it. Randy deserves it at this point, both from a performance and a kayfabe and angle. It fits, yeah, it fits his character. Yep. He's talking about he's coming back to take on guys who have are eaten at the table that he set. Yeah. What's AJ's whole thing? House, House that AJ style was built. Uh, and this is actually the house that Randy Orton built. Thank you very much. This is the house Samoa Joe built. <laughs> j let's move on to a man well, who I actually... I think they're all building houses. Actually, if you, if you want to talk about people who built SmackDown Live, these two next competitors in The Miz and Daniel Bryan are definitely two people you could point to as they're joined by their beloveds in The Miz and Marie's in a mixed tag match. Worst match on the show. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't t- bad. Okay. It had a, <laughs> I, I know I've been nitpicking finishes all night long. This is the worst finish oh. of the show by far. Oh. By it, far. Oh. Listen, I know neither of us are, you know, being prophetic and saying, like, when Brie Bella and Maurice wrestle each other, it probably won't be that good. I'm going to say this still fell below my expectations for what I expected when these two wrestle one yeah. another. Uh, and, and, and I, I got to say, though, yeah, love the gear from both sides. The matching gear. What I, was I, Bree's gear? I don't remember. Uh, they, her and Daniel both rocked oh, the Seahawks, Seahawks colors. Stuff. Yeah, Bree's gear was pretty. I thought so Maurice's like gear green was awesome and like ocean blue. I don't love that dear, gear I, for Brian. I, I I like it. It feels very Pacific Northwest to me. Yeah, and he's our boy. So can he just bring back the furry boots though? I do miss those. Yeah. The goat, the goat boots. Yeah, I yeah, like he them. should get back to the red stuff at some point. But it's nice. He's got something new. Yeah. Rematched it. I thought her gear was very good, also. Uh, but. Again, we're, what, what are we talking about here? Gear and not the match, because the match is nothing to write home about. J-Mo, are, do Miz and Brian, I don't want to get out ahead of this and sound too negative, but are they a bad pairing? Do no. they not have chemistry? I think they do. I think I think they've been good. I thought their SummerSlam match was very good. I thought it was good. I, I thought, thought it was quite I, good, I, I yeah. think they do have very good chemistry on the mic. Yes, and that's in, undeniable. And like when we get to the match that's going to matter of this feud, that's right. it will deliver. I have no doubt about you that. You know what? You're right. I'll just say I thought that they're – because you're right. The SummerSlam match I really enjoyed. I thought their showing here wasn't great. I and Now, again, it's always hard because I thought everything leading up to it was such a crackerjack. And I'm like, oh, shit, here comes Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Like, and, and that it – so maybe I'm overstating how much I didn't like it. But it, it certainly didn't feel like anything I, uh, I loved. Well, that's fair. Yeah. But again, the worst part of this match, definitely the reverse roll-up. I couldn't Do you want to call it that? Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe she, could, she didn't kick out. There was literally nothing – that went into that pin. It, it was awful. It yeah. looked it looked so coordinated. And, and they're like, oh, she grabbed the tights, so it was cheating. She did not grab the tights, She, she didn't grab the tights. And it just, listen, 
who's been more vocal about their love for Maurice and how much she adds to Miz than me on the show? Like, I, I think we maybe, both agree. Maybe me. Yeah, I think we both agree yeah, with this. But, but I think Maurice in the ring, it, it, let's just not do it. Like, let's yeah. just let's just not do it. She's really good at this other thing. It's like making Enzo Amore wrestle at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, he's so good at this one thing and terrible at this other thing. It, it brings down his net stock to have him do this bad thing. I agree. So, But that's the show. What do you give it? That's a great question, JMO. I, I, I got to be honest. I think it was an A. I, I loved this show. I go A minus. Yeah, but I think yeah, that's fair. I think unquestionably we get to the end of the year. This is the best main roster pay-per-view. When you get one of these main roster pay-per-views, and again, both of our talking point, these are so bloated. They're so long. I thought the first half of the show absolutely flew by. <laughs> I do have to say before we move on. Yeah, go I ahead. I did tease this on Twitter. I was going to mention it in go- our replies uh, to Andrew Delbert, who wrote in, and I said, you know what? I'm going to save this for the show this week. And okay. He, and he said, you just sold your show better than WWE promotes Raw every week. Uh, by saying what? By saying that the reason that this show was so good, and we should have known. Honestly, when we did our preview last week and we're like, there's so few matches to preview here. They'll probably add more later. They didn't. Yeah. We should have known that the show would be good then because everything got time. Yes. Yeah. There were only seven matches on the main card of this show. Is that it? There were eight matches total, including so pre-show. awesome. And three of them got to be, when you include entrances, half an hour long. Well, and this is weird that we're like speaking. Orton so- and Hardy, the tag match, and Roman and Braun are, are all 24 minutes long. Well, I forget who pointed it out to me, but somebody was like, Think of all the people that weren't on this show. Yeah. KO, Nakamura, uh, there's more more of them, but like pretty A-tier people that you'd want to see on a show. And yeah. maybe they should not do this. And, th- and then Paige announced, I forget what it was, but like a big match for SmackDown for somebody who wasn't on the pay-per-view. And I was like, this is what they should be doing. Yes, exactly. It makes TV feel more important, and it makes pay-per-view matches feel more important. Is this a worse show if we shoehorn... Uh, like Raw Women's Six Tag and like oh I don't uh, know Justin U.S. Yes. Title Match <laughs> and Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley onto it, of course, yeah, significantly worse. They gave everything time, which is something that they rarely ever get to do. Yeah, and everything was better for it. And like I saw you and Mike talking about the fact that like maybe this is a time to. Start going back to brand exclusive pay per views. I think we have this, a question about that. I th- so, okay, so, yeah, so I will sit on it, but sure. keep that point. Do you want to just jump into that sure, question? Let's take I can that, do that question one. right away. Yeah, okay. Look, give me one sec to just find out who asked it. Our first question this week, Justin, as we enter the listener velvet, comes from the aforementioned Doug Crap at Lorenzo Meow. And he asks, Should the WWE go back to brand specific pay per views? No. Whoa, here this we go. This is the worst time to make that argument. Make your case. Because what did we just get? We got five matches from SmackDown mm-hmm. and only three from Raw. Yeah. But all of them were extremely well built. Mm-hmm. They all deserved to be on this show. There was nothing that didn't belong here. There was no there was no fat on this card that needed trimming. That's a good point. And you're gonna get that if you go back to brand exclusive pay per views because Raw would have to pad out huge on a night like this. They had yeah. three matches only on the entire show. Oh, that's a great point, yeah. So then you'd have to add Lashley and Owens. You'd have yep. to add Sasha and Bailey versus Riot Squad. Or whatever, yeah. You'd have to add all of these things that ultimately did not belong on this show, did not deserve that time, don't shouldn't be here. Your point is well taken, and I fully agree. If... 
all shows are like Hell in a Cell. Yeah. No brand exclusive pay-per-views. I feel like Hell in a Cell is the exception proving the rule right now. But, but I, th- I feel like they've found the new blueprints. I hope you're right, man. I really want that to be right. If we get to whatever the next small one after Survivor Series is, mm-hmm. and it's another, whatever you said, seven-fight uh, main card, like... Uh, no brand exclusives yeah. then. As long as we don't hit double digits, I'm, that's, I'm Yeah, that's. Uh, I know you're smiling, but like, I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Like, if we're at around eight, nine matches, your boy's happy. Exactly. I, I, I know, just to answer Doug's question, I don't know if this is a good answer or not, but like, I'm in for SmackDown exclusive pay-per-views, but not Raw ones. <laughs> that's fair. Jamal, let's jump into our next question in here. Uh, it comes to us from AO at 0687, and he asks, how do you think Rhino buys jeans? Like, where does he buy them? I mean, the man's built like a fridge with legs like tree trunks. It's a great question. Like, Randy Rivers closed. Where do you get big enough jeans from him with the legs the size of Rhino? I think he's, he, he wears Junko jeans, <laughs> but they they look normal on him. So, uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy's his plug. He exactly. just asks Jeff. Yeah, I think that's a good guess. Um, pardon me. I'll say maybe he goes to the zoo. <laughs> Tough to think of a real answer for this yeah. one, but those are my answers, J Mo. Yeah. You ready? I love roll? it. Our next question comes to us from Patrick Duffy as Patrick Duffy, a reference I don't understand. It's my nemesis at Book of Lube. And he asks, and uh, J Mo, I think you're going to love this question. Sure. Who is one current WWE roster wrestler that you could see somewhere down the road taking the NWA title off of Cody? Can I name somebody who's not currently on the roster? No. Doesn't answer the question. Okay, so Ryback is out. (laughs) (laughs) Feed me more! Feed me more! The Ryback is your NWA champion. I mean, you and I are the only two people on Earth who legitimately, with no irony, would be fully into this, but uh, I I wouldn't be on... I I would be mad if Ryback beat Cody. Let me say this. I hope Ryback squashes Cody for the NWA. Walks in, meat hook clothesline, shell-shocked, one, two, three... FeedMeMoreSupplements.com. I would also be down, speaking of guys who are not in the company, I'd be down for like a Cody versus Wade Barrett NWA world title match. Not me. What, is it too similar? Wade Barrett's another one of these guys who like, I feel like if Cody's going to make this NWA title thing, yeah, he, Wade, needs to make, he needs to be facing like great wrestlers. And Wade would be very similar to Aldis in some ways. That's, that, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Like all those guys sort of end like this middle tier of worker, but Cody's just such a better character than the other ones that like he can get by on that. That's fair. I feel like you need like an in-ring savant, like an Ibushi to really get something going with Cody and make this title really a title. Um, so, I mean, you could really pick your, your your pick from the WWE roster who would do that. I mean, Kevin Owens is a made man who just signed a five-year contract, so he's not going anywhere. Um, I love it. I hadn't co- Owens hadn't crossed my mind, but, but, but I mean, I was just thinking about him because he literally quit on television like three weeks ago. I gotta be honest. I, I can't think of someone better than Owens. Owens with the, going for the NWA belt almost because like, he has like an old school thing going yeah. for him. He's just like a tough. Like he doesn't wear especially flashy gear. He's obviously good enough in ring, and you can just imagine him shitting all over how the NWA prestige means nothing to him. He's a former Universal Champion, which actually means something. You can hear him building this feud. You oh know? yeah, it'd be great. Owens is a great call. Uh, is there anybody who you feel like? I feel like it kind of has to be like a classic guy. You know what I mean? Like. These I don't feel like a high flyer going for the NWA title is necessarily what I want out of I Cody have, right I now. I have it. Hit me. Cesaro. I love that. I love the Cesaro pick. Now, so Cesaro doesn't play heel well enough necessarily for me to like – I feel like I want like Cody – But baby. Cody could be the heel in that feud. There's no way Cody with the NWA title can be a heel. Really? Do you think so? I think he can. 
I think he can switch back and forth depending on who the challenger is. I think he thinks that, but I think people are very ready to embrace him as holding his father's belt, being the territory guy. Well, it would be a missed but, opportunity. But no, but we're talking about a match where he's been the champion for like three years. Oh, okay. You know, I, I guess, I'm not talking right, yeah. first defense against okay. Cesaro. All right. Yeah, he I can like, work heel against Cesaro down the line. I, I like the Cesaro pick. I really, I like the Owens pick more, to be honest. I, I really like Owens going for that belt. Um, I'm struggling to think of a better answer than either of yours. My mind went to Pete Dunne for a second, just because I feel like he also has that like sort of like classic tough and sort of vibe. He could be a good form. heel opposite Cody as a babyface. Might just be fresh off my mind because I watched him and Ricochet last night. Speaking of good matches with uh, unsatisfying finishes, as uh, Cesaro oh, and Sheamus. Roderick Strong wouldn't be a bad choice either. Love Roderick there. Yeah, those are anyone sort of in that vein is is somebody that I, f- I feel like the NWA, if they want to establish themselves, should steer very into that. Oh, how about this? How about this, Justin? Here's my idea. How how about he quits the company because they're doing nothing for him, and Chad Gable goes for that belt? I was thinking about him too. Uh, maybe he's a little small for like a big, but yeah. one of the, you know the style of guy that I think we're both sort of saying the same exactly. thing. Exactly. So exactly. Let, no, on. you know who might be the best choice? Who's that? Andrade Cien Almas. <sighs> Tough. To, I mean, you could Tough honestly not to pick him for anything. That's what I was going to say. Every <laughs> question we get. I saw somebody, I think it might have been uh, your pal Torque Penderloin on Twitter who just said, is Andrade the best guy on the roster right now? And I was like, if you pair him with Zelina, you could very much make that case. I don't even think it's a, did you watch him in AJ this week? Amazing. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's so, I was watching that and like, again, unsatisfying ending, whatever, but it's like, this this guy is something else. Like, and, and not that AJ Styles doesn't have good matches with people, but God, that, a graceful match, that one, if you know what I mean. Very much so. Next question this week comes to, wow, I tried to say all words at once there. Comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at Bufferosi, and he asks, how badly are the Bella Twins ruining what could be a great feud between the Riot Squad and Ronda? The answer is very badly. Man. Man. So, can I talk? I hate any time the Bellas are on Raw. <laughs> yeah. Bree on SmackDown, good. Bree Bella with- Twins on Raw, very bad. Let me just say this, okay? So even beyond the performances of Nikki and Brie, which I don't think are up to task. That's just that's just one man's opinion. But I don't understand. If you go back and listen to the Ronda debut on our show, I say, listen, you're going to somehow – and we were talking about as it pertains to an Oscar feud at the time. But, but I was saying, okay, if you're not going to have her face another Marauder, you have to play the numbers game with her. It's the only way that you're going to be able to keep her interesting because we know that she can just in kayfabe demolish anyone – uh, one-on-one. We've seen that because she crushed Nia Jax. So the Riot Squad versus Ronda, and even if she has Natty in her wing, I'm actually kind of into that. Like, they have a numbers advantage, and it helps even the score against Ronda. But to just do, like, a 3v3 feud with Ronda Rousey flanked by two people who, like... Like, what is the tie between the Bella Twins and Ronda? What do you know? No. Like, uh, they haven't explained it. They don't... Th- there's no... They've established the Natalia friendship, but the, the, they just showed up and celebrated the win on the last pay-per-view. I really couldn't say enough bad about this pairing. I feel like they just anchor Ronda rather than do anything to elevate the feud. Do, do you feel something similar, Jamo? Uh Yeah, I would have to agree with that. In that, like, you know, they just appeared in the crowd uh, like, <clears throat> on the uh, uh, SummerSlam SummerSlam, that's right. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And then... I, like what we're built. I I, th- I thought the plan was to do Nikki versus Ronda at Evolution. Was that uh, the plan? But now, yeah, it clearly feels like it's a trios thing. Yeah, it has. To, it, from what I can tell, at least. Otherwise, it's... what is Alicia Fox doing on television? <laughs> other than dressing in the best outfits ever. Can we just talk about that gear? It's amazing. Legitimately, some of the best gear on on either show in wrestling right now. And for those who didn't see, she wears like this. 
silver white gosh maybe you're better at describing this onesie sort of thing and then a giant captain's hat i think it looks badass like a silver admiral's yeah cap. I, yeah I really couldn't be much of a bigger fan of the gear i think it kicks ass and it makes her memorable oh, i fully agree but but yeah to, to brandon i mean how badly are they ruining it i mean i'm still i'll still watch it for sure like i'm not going to miss evolution but i'd be interested in pretty much any other pairing i more. just don't want the bell like look I think there is an argument to celebrate the Bellas on some level for bringing people into the world of wrestling through their reality shows. Okay. Uh, that they are like crossover stars that people watch Total Divas and then have an awareness of wrestling and then might be yep. interested in checking it out. They I get do. on the Today Show and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Like there is an argument that they are a net positive yep. for wrestling as a whole. I would agree. I just think celebrating them as part of the evolution Bingo. is – is completely missing the point. That they're what they, we were, yeah. they are exactly what we are evolving away from. <laughs> this was why we revolutionized. Exactly. Uh, and it just needs to be said, like, Brie Bella sucks. Like, <laughs> she does. Like, Brie Bella's had no good matches ever. She's terrible. Like, uh, I like the Stephanie match. But no, the, you stop it. You I, like I, the I, Stephanie I probably match. don't like the match. I just like the feud. Yeah, the feud is good. Yeah. Well, the feud is the whole. I hope you died in the. Do you remember when she was forced to be Nikki's assistant? Yeah, that was from, bad. Like Brie Bella sucks. Like, no, it was good when it was a continuation of the Daniel Bryan feud, but yes. Daniel was on the shelf and they couldn't do that. I agree. When it evolved into like a Nikki Brie Stephanie thing, it was terrible. Agreed. Jamo, our next question this week comes to us from the Brewmaster. Fruits are edible, at Fruits are edible on Twitter. Hey, Craig. And he says, what do you think is a bigger contributing factor to poor long-term storytelling in WWE? Too much weekly content to fill, or are the writers just bad? Um, I'm going to go with the writers. Mm. I do think that there is too much content to fill. Of course. But the problem is they get this like grand design of where they're going to go for the year, mm -hmm. and it's like that is not a year-long plan that, you should be like it feels like we are just stuck in molasses sometimes trying to go slow motion on a plan that should be sped up pretty quickly i agree the it's interesting because uh Craig's question says is it this or that and between those two things too much weekly content or bad writers i will lean uh too much weekly content but I think the actual problem is that it's kind of out there that these plans just change up to like the last minute day of. And so the continuity, they're scrambling and they hire people from like the TV writing world, not necessarily like wrestling people. And it seems to me that that just seems tough because wrestling is just so its own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely. the. I mean, also, you could just say performers shouldn't really be written for. They should be allowed to go out there and fail and, and get better. Like, that's the one thing from the Attitude Era that you can point to that was better. But, I mean, when you get back to the thing that we talked about last week with, like, how much The Rock or Triple H developed in a three-year span versus Roman. Yeah. Like, part of yeah. that is that, like, I don't want to credit, like, Vince Russo with anything here, but his kind of storytelling style was more soap opera-ish, which meant you had to have something every single week. Well, and he'll talk about that, right? Like, he wanted to go off-air with a reason to tune in the next Ex week every week. Exactly. And that sounds good in principle. Yes. <laughs> it's not always great in practice, but, <laughs> like, at, at least he, you know was contained at that time. He had people who could tell him no. Yeah, he had Vince McMahon. So his good ideas could be focused in the right direction. Whereas, like, here, we've just, we've got bad ideas at the top and nobody to push against them. Yeah. And things that 
should be done in six months take three fucking years for some reason. That's, yeah, I, I can't really say it much better than that. I, I fully ship that. Jay Moore, next question this week comes to us from Tranquilo Pachico. Pachico. At Blair Pachico, uh, who we send our best to this week. And he says, why do we have to suffer having Chad Gable teaming with Bobby Roode in a four-week program with the Ascension when he should just be German suplexing everyone? Uh, I mean, he is German suplexing the Ascension. Yeah, that's true. Do you Are you into the, the glorious Gable thing? Uh, in so much as that it's going to lead to a uh, Bobby Roode heel turn, yeah. yes. Yeah, I guess that's worth something. Uh, it's tough for me, man, because I'm very happy to see Chad Gable on TV, as I think both of us have said he's one of the more underused guys on the roster. I'm happy to see the Ascension on TV, too, man. I yeah, like those guys. <laughs> that's There's something to that, but... Rude and Gable, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to draw a direct comparison between Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, where I feel like that pairing is elevating both guys right now. Big time. It, it's like, oh, well, this this almost seems obvious in a way. Rude and Gable does not have that for me. It feels more like one of those like 2009-era tag teams where it's like, who are two singles guys who aren't doing anything? Ah, you're a tag team now. Yeah. And, and like, do I really get out of bed for the eventual Gable-Rude feud? Not really. Like, I, I, I don't know. But... I'm down for a Bobby Roode heel turn. I feel like that's desperately yeah. needed. Well, he's much better as a heel. I don't. I think he'd be hard pressed to deny that. And right? I think you're eventually going to get an American Alpha reformation out of all this too. Well, th- I heard that Jason Jordan may never wrestle again. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's some who told one of my customers told me that. I, I don't know if that's I heard, yeah. That might be because I heard he was close and that he had a serious setback that was going to push him out long term again. Yeah, if that's true, I just want to say, hey, let's crack open the beers. Great to hear. Um, Jay Moore, our uh, final question this week. Comes, and I don't actually mean that. I think we both thought that Jason Jordan was sort of turning he, a yeah, corner. Yeah, he was doing great. Yeah, so His heel stuff with Seth was excellent. I want to be clear. I don't actually know this besides a customer telling me that. So this could be insanely wrong information. But yeah. if that's true, that that is a bit of a downer. Our final question. I didn't even notice this at first. Our final question this week, JMO, comes to us from who cares about Scoots Brodo? It's at Scoots Brodo. We care about Scoots Brodo. We care a great deal about Scoots Brodo. And he asks, who are the most hot couch guy wrestlers in the WWE? Uh, JMO, I, do you do you want to surmise what a hot couch wrestler guy is, or do you want me, or, or a hot couch guy is, or do you want me to try and it's, do it? It came from uh, Chapo Trap House. That's right. Uh, Felix Biederman kind of invented this, and. It's uh, it's kind of um, I think the the hot couch explanation or like terminology does not come from describing the guy. No, hot is not describing the guy; it's describing the couch. Like it's a warm, worn in kind of gross yeah. couch. Yeah, like ratty, beaten up leather. Exactly. You can picture it. Yes. I know exactly the couch I'm thinking of. Everyone has a hot couch guy, right? So it's you all would you would like hang out at their house, even though it was kind of grubby. Uh, this kind the, of energy. J.R. Hennessy defined it as the deadbeat guy whose place everyone just sort of hung out at, who had that faux leather couch, which was always hot, regardless <laughs> of the room or outside temperature. I, I just want to say that it feels like the WWE roster has a lot of hot couch guys on it. I feel like there's a lot of guys who can be a hot couch guy in WWE. True. Who? But to, to Scoot's question, who do you think is really a hot couch guy in WWE? Um, Heath Slater. Oh, God, that's a great one. Wow, that's a good one. I, I was going to say the other Heath Slater, Kurt Hawkins, but... Uh, I feel he, like Heath Slater is the number one hot couch guy. He is a great call for that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of directions you could go with this, but uh, I think Heath Slater is about as good as it's going to get. I'm also going to throw out uh, Kevin Owens into this sphere where you could see him like 
exiting high school, just hanging out in Quebec on his couch. I could easily see that. He's talked about how poor his personal hygiene was for years and how he, like, kept his place as a disaster. So I think just hearing him talk about that specifically makes sense. Anyone else come to mind if you're a madman? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, like Dean Ambrose is a hot couch oh my, guy on but some level. There's no way Dean – You, we just brought him up. Bobby Roode could be a hot couch guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, let, it's almost more. Intri- Who are not hot, tr- hot couch guys? In no, you gotta have like the the kind of like dirt bag vibe to you, right? Like, yeah, that's why Heath is the perfect answer. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Dean's great too for an answer there. Roman Reigns, yeah, is especially not- Dean being like a, a, a high school dropout. Is yeah, like that perfect for it. Definitely adds to it. Yeah. Jamo, I think that does it for us this week. That does do it for the show. Uh, J- what would you What would you give a letter grade to this episode of Top Marks if you had to? Uh, like a B minus. B minus? Yeah, I feel like it's been good, but we've been better. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not Not my rating. That's. Uh, but I'm not even going to reveal mine then. Why you got us in the A territory? You think it's an A show? <laughs> I was going to say S. Above A. Special. S- supreme. Supreme. That's where I had it. S tier. Amen. Well, and as which well, could be shit tier also. <laughs> if you agree with me and not Jamo and you like this episode, please head over to the iTunes store. Give us a five-star review. Leave a little review. That always helps us in our algorithm. And you know that we like that. Yeah. Always appreciate that. I don't know where my voice is going. I can, show goes along, I can feel it disappearing. I'll, I'll, don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll do the heavy lifting here. I, I actually have been uh, trying to work on some jokes. Really? Or, yeah, I wrote down some jokes for the show this week, so maybe I'll just read them aloud now. Uh, to sort of cover for your losing. Sure. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I can. Uh, <laughs> is it possible Brie and Maurice just ended the women's revolution? <laughs> I wrote that one down. <laughs> you, you want another one? Yes. If I'm Wendy, I'm <laughs> leaving AJ Styles tomorrow. <laughs> that was it. I only had two. Only, only yeah. two? What'd you think? Good. Yeah, I was just trying to do some bits there. Yeah. That was me. That was pretty good. I know. I, I, I appreciate you branching out like that. And as always, you're going to head over to patreon.com slash topmarks for a couple dollars in the hat. We always appreciate that. And until next week, be hot, be spicy, and be tasting great. Because you're curry man! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! How far are you in Spider-Man? Uh, 83%. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're, you're closing in. So so I got sort of distracted because Undertale, a game that I love, came to Switch. So I sort of I got tempted and I dove into that. Okay. But my plan is to make big headway into Spider-Man this How weekend. far are you in Spider-Man? I think in the mid-60s. Have you come across the villain that I mentioned yes. to you last week? Yeah, yeah. Do you appreciate that that was not a spoiler? Well, I mean, it was definitely a spoiler. I didn't that, know he was in the I game. just said then... Tombstone is in the game. Yeah. Sorry, folks at home. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Tombstone is in the game. <laughs> It's only a side quest. Yeah. It's not part of the main story. I'm very spoiler sensitive. You know this. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a just, big bitch for I liked, that. I liked seeing him in there. It was nice to see yeah. him. Who could deny it? Good exactly. to see you, Tombstone. Good to see you, Tombstone. Nice to see you, buddy. Yeah. Any other uh, witty banter you want to get out of you? you got to go to work. i got to go to work. All right. Well, pack up and go here. Have a great day, folks. I will. We'll see you. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> Take care now. Wah, wah. We already yeah. did that. Yeah, we already did <laughs> Titus Worldwide!